All right, we've got a great episode for you today. Big Poppy David Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame and no one else got in, which is wow. Today, our four hosts, Sasha, Kevin, Ross, and Dave, talk about the latest rumblings in the baseball negotiations and then dive deep into all the excitement and mayhem in last week's NFL divisional round. Plus, Ab calls in while walking to his dinner reservation for a hot take on Djokovic and the COVID scandal. Enjoy the show, you beautiful legends. All right, and Kevin just joined. I was still on the other podcast. How was that podcast going? <laughs> it was really good. It was like that John Lennon moment of silence, that one minute of silence. <laughs> it was it was quite quite invigorating, actually. Yeah, I, I mean... Compared to, compared to what I've been dealing with, very refreshing. I can believe it. Yeah, I mean, we've all been having hectic weeks and whatnot, yeah. but I'm glad, thanks to both of you for taking the time to join me today um ab ab had to he had something come up um he had to drive nancy to get her car so he's going to miss today's recording but i will record with him separately later in the week to get all of his takes and uh i'll either append it to the end of this podcast or more likely we will do a standalone ab episode so um, like that and Dave is going to be joining us momentarily. He's uh, picking up Bready. So uh, maybe that's more information than all of you needed. Uh, but a lot, of, uh, a lot of driving around for my relatives. So um, you got I, me. I did a round trip to Melpitas today. So that, and I, <laughs> I did it under, oh, just under almost two hours. So it was not bad. And Sasha, where did you drive today? Well, I just dropped my kid off. Uh, so he could go to soccer practice. I'm I'm in the car recording this. Perfect. Okay, well, you sound great, so you must have a good connection. Um, yeah. So before we go any further, congratulations to you and to your beloved Big Poppy, who was the only player elected into this year's Hall of Fame induction class with 77.9% of the vote. So Poppy's in, everybody else out. So this is the first I've heard because I've been so busy. Um, so what does that mean? Because didn't he take uh, PEDs too? Uh, that was never proven. The only thing oh. that, that came out was in the Mitchell report. Oh, okay. And they expressly said that that doesn't that he took them. I'm gotcha. splitting hairs here, but it's like he was never officially accused and he was right. never found guilty of it. And he also kicked ass in the World Series, I think, too, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. undisputable. Come on. <laughs> that was that was proven. <laughs> now that was proven. What this means is that some very uh, some very household names, well-known names, will yeah. not be making it to the Hall of Fame from the writers voting. Right. Barry Bonds. Only got 66% of the year. Roger Clements only got 65.2% of the vote. Kurt Schilling got 58.6% of the vote. Now, for the listeners, you need, you need a minimum of 75% to get in. So Correct. Bonds was not even close. Poppy just Poppy on his first ballot got, got in with 77.9. So yeah. it was a nail biter, but people did the right thing and put him in. He should have been unanimous, in my opinion. 
And then finally, Sammy Sosa also drops off the ballot with only right. eighteen percent. Um, we're, we're since you it sounds like you have the numbers. Um, I have the did, numbers. What there was some talk about a name that I was like, really uh, moving up with Scott Rowland. What did Scott Rowland end up with? Scott Rowland did really well. He got sixty three point two percent, and he still is eligible to carry on. Right. And what about um, Jeff Kent? So Jeff Kent also thirty two point seven percent of the Ooh. vote. And does not drop off the ballot. So, right. and then if you're if you're interested in who is dropping off the ballot for receiving less than five percent, we've got some very familiar household names. These people will not be on next year's ballot. Joe Nathan, Tim Hudson, Tim Lincecum, Ryan Howard, Mark Teixeira, Justin Morneau, Jonathan Papelbon, Prince Fielder, AJ Przinsky, Carl Crawford, and Jake Peavy. So those folks got less than 5%, so they don't even get to carry over till next year. And what about Sheffield? What did he get? Sheffield got 40%. A-Rod got 34%. Wow. Manny Ramirez with only 28%. I mean, get real. This is one of the best hitters ever in the game. Yeah. Um, I think the Hall of Fame needs to, A, take a long look at itself and what the hell it's doing. Yeah. And B, um, maybe should be ignored because it's just stupid now. Right. Well, it's it's yeah. I I think I think ultimately what has to be looked at is what they did in the in the in the game, you know, as well. Um, because I don't know. It's just there's talent there, and there's enhanced talent, and there's other people who didn't have talent. It's just preposterous um, that the all-time home run hitter and the single-season home run hitter are not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, no, not in Major League Baseball because the all-time hit leader is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, he did stuff, too. I know. Pete well, Rose. I'm just saying. And anyway, maybe, Sasha, maybe, where do you maybe. come down? Sasha, where do you come down on these exclusions? Well, so I mentioned this before. Baseball's got to own this. Like, I think it's, it's bullshit that they're just applying the steroid era to a subset of players who are also going to be recognized by baseball for their achievements. They let this happen. They're the ones who are ultimately responsible. And the only ones who are suffering are players. A lot of these players played other players who were on PDs as well. I'm not saying it's right, but this is, like you said, this is just bullshit, right? Yeah. It's just like all of these votes are being affected, a lot of it by just suspected drug use, which was never proven. And it's just like, how can this be? It, it's becoming a joke. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the answer is, but this this does not work. It, well, it's it, stupid. Yeah. And, and also, and, and very well said. And also, they made a lot of money off of it. Baseball, you mean? Baseball did. Yeah. Baseball made a ton of money off this era because yeah. of home runs and everything else and attention and all that. I don't see them giving that money back. Right. They're bringing, yeah, I mean, Sammy Sosa arguably helped bring baseball back from the post-strike years when everybody was right. like, screw baseball. That's right. And, and so, and again, again, and there's a bit of a layer here because, again, this is not Major League Baseball. These are the baseball writers who I do not hold to very high standards because they are, they're, they're a breed to themselves in their own way. And if we, if we actually looked at their lifestyle and their uh, – choices 
they themselves shouldn't be allowed to vote some of that so <laughs> so uh you know don't throw stones in glass houses because yeah or glass booths um because <laughs> just just take a look next time you're at a baseball game folks go by where the writers are hanging out take a really good look at them what are you gonna see that's you're just gonna see a bunch of people who are in this really and you hear them on the radio you hear them places they, they, they approach sports and the games and, you know, not just baseball writers, but a lot of writers. And I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them are very, not very happy people in their own lives. Mm. So uh, I'm just, I'm just saying that they, they're, there's a lot of jealousy and a lot of like critiquing of people um, and picking on people because they think that's what their job is to do. So mm. it's um, anyway, but that's, um, okay that's my, that's my well, spiel all right well we we gave the hall of fame a lot of airtime yeah, today maybe more than it deserved no but uh no, closing the book on that um uh, really the, that's the only baseball news to speak of um the negotiations are still they're ongoing that players union and the management the ownership are meeting they they've continued to meet and and share proposals um, I saw something about like, oh, if um, if one of your players wins rookie of the year and you didn't manipulate his service time, then you get an extra draft pick and like just completely minimal and like unsub- uh, insignificant concessions by the ownership group. So it's like the needle has not been moved and we're really facing the prospect of a delayed spring training and potentially missing games so uh it's pessimistic to do with the work stoppage at the moment right when 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 do you think this is going to end like what is your best estimate of like what the outcome is going to be this year my guess would be my guess would be kind of similar to like the covid season where they say like all right, well, we know we're not going to make this. So now the, the season is going to have to be abbreviated. So let's come up with like, oh, can we get 144 games in? Can we get 128 games in? And they'll start like backing into a number that they can agree to and then kind of hurry, go into a hurry up mode on the deal. I think both sides are going to kind of test each other's um, pressure points and how much they can take. I think, like it almost has to come to missing games before each side can see what the other side's breaking point is. So I think you're not going to see spring training for quite a while. You're going to start to see players working out with each other um, privately, whether in Florida or California, Arizona. And then, you know, I think the negotiations will be stalled until mid March and then they'll maybe go into a hurry up offense to try and, salvage as much of the season as possible maybe like 120 30 games well also like there's actually an an interesting subplot here because there's actually a group of players who are not bound by the agreement right so major league baseball anyone on the 40-man roster but for rookies and and a subset of players they're not they're not officially locked out yeah, it's like reading some stories, like with, with the with the Red Sox, right, where they're inviting all of their super young players to like a, a one week training camp 
And so there, there's like some semblance of a preseason. I, I don't think these players would 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 necessarily break a strike, although it's not a strike, it's a lockout, right? So right. I'm trying to sort of figure out like, well, what is the strategy here? Just like, I mean, I guess it's just like really to to keep these players active, but are they thinking that maybe some of these players are, are going to be like replacement players and then <laughs> play in some games? Like, I don't know. It's like a little bit weird that this is happening. No, I think I think that what they're doing there is, and I, I I think I mentioned some before, is that the the players who are on the forty man roster who are older players and kind of veterans, they're what they're going to look for is they'll say, well, great, okay, we're back now. Oh, we decided to cut you from the roster because we got these younger players ready to roll in there. So I I, I get there's a feeling of that going on. But here's what I think is going to ha- – here's my opinion what's going to happen. And um, first of all, Ross, never use football analogies for baseball. Hurry up offense. But um, I think because of football, because of what we just witnessed this last weekend and what we'll probably continue to witness this coming weekend and probably in the Super Bowl, some crazy, exciting football, that's going to create pressure on baseball because baseball really had a uh, had a really good – was building something that White Sox Yankees Thursday game mid mid season got tremendous ratings in the one that they did in the cornfield. Right. So I think baseball, I I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more, I don't even, I'm not using optimistic cause that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they're going to, they're going to come to some agreement a lot sooner than I think. Um, I think they'll get into spring training at some point and that season will start on time. Mm, okay. I believe me, I'd be so happy to be wrong on this. Um, cause, uh, yeah, I want to see baseball. Yeah. Cause I just think that there, I, I think that, you know, with the COVID and everything else, I think the owners, you know, they, they tried this tactic that they're doing and it's true. It won't really make the hill of beans until the season actually starts anyway. Um, so I think, I think what they'll, they'll want to do is then turn the tables. I, I just, the owners are very easy to read. Let's just put it that way. They're not, they're not, they've never been very smart about any of their approaches on any of this stuff, but I don't think they want to jeopardize, um, the season. I just don't think they, they want to take that risk, especially, like I said, what football did football sucked most of this year it was terrible you're kind of jumping ahead but okay but no what i'm saying is this last weekend was great and that puts pressure on baseball because everyone is just thinking about this now and and if the baseball are like well we're not going to be playing people are going to move on so i'm hoping that that some people recognize that maybe that is optimistic but i do think i think that that's how i think it will play out i think the owner's trying this tactic, but they're not going to push it into the season. Um, You know, I really hope you're right, but I think the owners are cocky pricks and they, they see like a majority of the, of the players as um, sort of desperate, not, not the stars who have already made their money, but everybody else. They're like, we can hold out longer than them. And uh, the, the goodwill the goodwill or lack thereof hurts them more than it hurts us because, you know, um, the, they're the faces of the game. 
Whereas we're like behind the scenes. So um, it, the general public's going to be like, what? There's another baseball strike. Screw those players. Um, whereas like the, the owners have, uh, you know, kind of hidden behind the lockout and like they're, they're just 30, 30 groups that are going to uh, kind of stay in the shadows. But, but uh, the players have to go out there and be the face of the game and they're going to catch all the p- public pressure. Well, so yeah. I, I think one thing that the, the the both sides need to be conscious of is that the last time we had like a, a long-term strike was like, what, early 90s, before the internet, before there's so many other things yeah. that just younger people are interested in. It's just like, there may be a point where just like a lot of like casual baseball fans, it's just like, you know what, I actually really don't give a shit <laughs> whether whether this is is happening or not and they're just not going to come back right so they got to be really careful about this right they come like, back they come back but you don't know that right we're no you're right like my kids could care less yeah they'd be upset but there are so many other things that they're into they just don't care right but this so, has been such a crazy two two three thing. years like people are used to being denied shit like oh we want to go see the new True. spider-man oh we can't shit like everybody's gotten accustomed to being told like, um, you know, no, you don't get this nice thing that you once had. So like all kinds of good stuff has been taken away and people also can transfer their energies onto other shit. For example, college baseball is starting on February 18th. Um, I'm going to be going to as many UCLA games as I can. I might even go to a USC game. And if I want to like throw up publicly, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah, I think the players need to hold out and they need to get theirs. They need to get a deal that they can live with. And so I, I want the players to turn the screws a little bit, take the, take the financial hit and get a deal that actually makes it fair for all 700 major league players, not just the 10 top stars that get, you know, the, the nine figure deals. So right now we're all on the player side, right? I am. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's many fans who are ever going to be on the owner side, but it's Kevin. It, 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 well, I don't yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, it's, it's a, it's a crazy one, but you know, there could be some people who are in that, in that thing. But the, the problem is that if you look at it rationally and all these other things, the owners very, very rarely have ever fallen on the rational side. So it's not that you're for one or the other. It's more of like, I'm for reason. And the owners have never, ever had reason on their side. They've just, you know, since the 1890s have tried tricks, ploys, uh, all kinds of stuff, you know. Absolutely. And and it's it's all from a, a rich man's game thinking that, they're the wealthy ones and they dictate the rules. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's yeah. an interesting labor story. If you look at the, the history of labor within baseball, it's a fascinating story. It's why baseball has one of the strongest unions because they have some of the stupidest people they're going up against as well. <laughs> well, as I was so, saying to my dad earlier today, the, the players, like you said, have a strong union and they've done really well for themselves, but the owners are now using all these workarounds service time manipulation, the super two, you know, the, the late season call-ups, you know, the owners have found all these great workarounds right. to actually paying their people. And so that's, it's made what looked like a favorable contract 
for the players turn out to be not so favorable. Well, the 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 changed a little bit too within that time period. Now yes. I don't know if that that was driven by owners or not, but there's you know the whole metrics thing and all that and uh, analytics. Um, you know that that's kind of a, a new thing. Is it a fad? It could be. You know, uh, could be like mustaches with Charlie Finley, but. Uh, you know, I think, I think like everything gets, it gets woven in and there's things that work part of that and part of it doesn't, you know? Um, so I, I, but again, my whole mantra and Ross, you've been hearing me say this for a very long time is the owners do not understand the game and they don't understand the relation of the fans to the game and they don't understand the players. And it's they only see it from their very high up level, which is very hard to see even now. Like I always said, when the Giants got sold in 1976, they were $12 million. That team is now valued at probably a billion dollars. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's investment money or whatever, but it's still it's like there's wealth that's been generated. And they need to get along with the players and share the wealth because people will spend the money if they do it the right way and stop trying to trick around. Like, oh, we got to do this or we have to time, you know, time clock or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, mm-hmm. it seems like, it seems like, you know what? People just want to see good baseball, competitive baseball. They don't care what, you know, and that that's proven through it. Like we were just talking earlier with the hall of fame stuff. People were excited about that. They didn't care if the, the people all of a sudden they had big muscles or didn't have big muscles. They just liked the fact it was competitive baseball. Sasha? So if I were to make a list of like all the niggly little things that the owners have done that maximizes their revenue at the expense of you know good baseball and the players – it's a really long list. There's so many things that we could actually bring up in this, this podcast of things that they're doing, which is like, you know, only having like a budget of like $35 million for an entire team, um, you know, being able to, you know, essentially throw away a season in order to get high picks. So you don't have to pay players. Um, you know, they don't give out long contracts to players who are over 31. I mean, you can list all of the little things where, like you said, they have just taken advantage of players. And I, I think in the last like negotiations, actually, since the, they're a strong union, but the last negotiations, I don't think a lot of players are really happy. And I think a lot of them were sort of questioning, you know, the leader of their union about what he was doing, because a mm-hmm. lot of it was like kind of giveaways to the owners. And so this is why they're like pushing back. It's just like, right. you know what? Like over the last few few decades, like you guys have just like really changed the nature of the game where all the advantages that we thought we gained in our labor negotiations are no longer valid. And there's a lot of things that are now are coming up, like super smart people from all sorts of like Ivy schools and like they all know like the ins and outs of contracts and they're working it. And it's only to the disadvantage of players. So I agree with the players. They should be upset and they should be fighting this and they should be like very clear on what they want. And I think that's maybe like the one thing that I have not noticed is that they're saying no to a lot of stuff. And I think they are making like some proposals, but they're not really clear exactly about what Mm -hmm. they want. They just know that they want a better deal. Yeah. And the players only have one trade chip, which is expanded playoffs. Um, If the, if the players give expanded playoffs to the owners, um, 
then they're gonna have they're gonna have to use that trade chip to get um they're gonna have to use hello hey how are hey, you ever good how I are got, you good i got five minutes i'm walking down i dropped off dance at the car place and i'm walking to the restaurant so nice how all is right everybody well did we already, you, did we already talk uh football we have not talked football. We've only been talking baseball, ne- labor negotiations, and Hall of Fame b- balloting. So okay. while we have you, let well, us... here's, a, here's some bad news. Loyola lost their first game out of 30 in a row at home. Oh, so, no. Yeah, they're playing again tonight. So maybe they'll start a new streak. So that's all the Loyola news. Um, what do you want to talk about for a minute? Well, you were correct that um, Big Poppy was the only player inducted into the Hall of Fame. And as Sasha reminded us, it was never proven that he did any sort of PEDs. So he got in and everybody else is out. So um, the Hall of Fame is is uh, just going to have one inductee this season. Um, give us your 60-second takeaway on the NFL games this weekend. Uh that was the most exciting game I've witnessed in 50 years. You're talking about so Bills good. Chiefs. Yeah, so good. I mean, the Bills, I feel bad because they kind of screwed it up. They should have won and, you know, they should have squib kicked and they didn't. And, you know, they blew it. So, yeah. What are you going to do? But um, all the games were good. So, yeah, nothing, nothing that dramatic. How about how about Djokovic? Let's rag on him for a while. I'm glad he's out. <laughs> yeah, he blew it. So, blew it. so that's good. So the, the the thing about Djokovic is, and he's not the only one culpable in this nonsense that happened in Australia. There are four different stakeholders in what happened to Djokovic. There's him. There is the tournament. There's the state of Victoria, and then there's the country of Australia. And um, Djokovic freaking lied on his immigration form. Straight up lied. So I don't exactly. care whether... The I hope he doesn't and, play in any of them. I hope he yeah, doesn't exactly. get to play anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I don't care whether the, you know, the, the two of the four governing, uh, the three governing bodies like said that he could come, he lied in his immigration form. And just like by default, it doesn't matter whether Australia kind of screwed this up and they kind of did, but they also, they, they also like too properly identified as like, you lied in your immigration form and therefore we're not going to go. (laughs) Okay. We'll talk to Ab again later this week. Thanks for calling in. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. (laughs) All right. So that was a little Ab interlude. And just to follow up on that, I, I completely agree with you, Sasha. He did straight up lie on his immigration form. But who among us hasn't lied on an immigration form? You know, you're bringing back two bottles of booze from Duty Free and you actually have four. You know, come on. We've all fudged the numbers a little bit. Well, but see, the difference is, is that this is all about COVID. And a lot of Australians have given up. A lot of liberties and time and access to 
the public in order to do what the government has told them to do, they are not happy that this exception was made. And that's also one of the reasons why the country of Australia fought against this. But what they really should have done is done this well in advance of him trying to enter the country at all. So that's where I start blaming the, the country of Australia, because mm -hmm. they definitely politicized this, because really what should have happened is they knew that this exemption was made. They should have straight up been very clear on if they were going to allow it, under what circumstances would be allowed, and to just further refine exactly what he had to do in order to come to the country, which they did not do. Right. That's where I blame the Australians for that, because they fucked that part up and they should not have done that. And where do you see the responsibility of the tournament and the state of Victoria? Well, but the, ultimately, the country is responsible for immigration, right? It's just like yes. it's not up to the state of uh, Australia or for, for the Tennis Federation to say that he's allowed in the country. Like, I actually don't I know why they did not con consult. And maybe they did. And, and, and again, like, I'm not sure exactly what happened there. But it's just like, it doesn't matter, right? It's just like... But again, the, the country of Australia screwed up because they should have inserted themselves and been very clear about what their expectations are because ultimately it's the country that's responsible for immigration, not the state of Victoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I when you said there are four stakeholders, I just wanted to see if there was any um, issues with uh, the, what the tournament's actions were. Well, but I mean, they're the ones who allow the exemption as well. And I don't know how other tennis players felt, but if I were a tennis player and I've made the sacrifice in order to attend this tournament, like, because maybe I feel uncomfortable taking the virus, I'm sorry, the vaccine, but I did that because I want to play in tournaments and I'm also doing it because the country of Australia wants me to. And where does he, and why does he get an exemption? Like, I just, like, as a player, I, I just don't understand that. Yeah. It's like, I made a sacrifice. Why doesn't he get to, to make, he basically, like, now living off of, uh, you know, a percentage of vaccinated tennis players who are making it safe for him to play tennis and he yeah. doesn't have to take the vaccine. Like, that to me is just like, I just don't think that's fair. I, I, I could not agree more, Sasha. And, uh, and thank you for, for enlightening us as to exactly who did did what when because uh go ahead kevin oh did did he win last year did he win last year yeah that i think that's the that's the whole ticket right there like if he hadn't won last year i don't think they would have made exemptions for him well i maybe i i think a, a lot of it too is that tennis is also kind of going through this weird period where they've been so dominated by four plus two, judging whenever you want, like between six and seven players are superstars. Yeah. And when they play in tournaments, everyone wants to watch them play. Right. Nadal, right? Federer, Djokovic, right. Williams sisters. Those guys are aging out. Djokovic yep. is the, only the one out of those players I just named who is like consistently playing. Nadal is still there, but he's injury prone, right? And yeah. he also doesn't have Federer who, who has traditionally been his foil. So they're going through this weird period where they're, they're not really certain about where tennis is going without these superstars, because that's what the main draw is. People want to see them break records. They want these like excellent matches against th these two players who just don't give in. And Djokovic is now standing by himself and he's basically the main draw. That's why they wanted him in the tournament, not because he won last year. I see. Well, um, you know, the Australian is one of the four Grand Slams and it will always be uh, watched by 
many folks even in the middle of the night um it, it's great time it, it's on at the perfect time actually for a lot of people so yeah west, on the yeah. west coast prime time <laughs> west coast yeah late night tv it's good stuff so moving along we had a little preview of this um from my father uh talking about this weekend's nfl games and um you know i i decided that um I was going to end my personal lockout and actually pay a little bit of attention this week because I got tired of coming on here and not knowing what the hell was going on. And I couldn't have chosen a better weekend to start paying attention because apparently the NFL is the most exciting sport in the world. (laughs) Wendy from the peanut gallery. Gross. (laughs) Gross. <laughs> I, I, to me, it sounded like she was on the other line, like last caller. <laughs> I could barely hear her. All, all, all I heard was uh, silence. I didn't hear anything. I'll, I was like, no, I, I heard, I heard it. I, and I respect her opinion. So yeah, well, you know, I, I'm doing this whole thing under protest, um, but I, you know, I've decided if this is what you guys want to talk about. I'll I'll go along with it because it's only like three more games for the rest of the season, two games this Sunday and then the Super Bowl, which the Super Bowl is just, uh, you know, it's just a giant pile of bullshit and in advertising and yeah. and uh, corporate sponsorships. It's like it's like the American second Christmas. So Ooh, it's like, the... uh, you, you know, can, can I say something? I think we already watched the Super Bowl. To be honest. Whoa! Yeah, I mean, yeah, competitive-wise, that Bills yeah. Chiefs game. I know that Packers Niners game was tough, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so okay, if we start out chronologically, and I was really yeah. hoping my brother would have joined us by now, but uh, moving into this, the first game, that Bengals Titans game, uh, I think it was one of those ones where it's one of those: is this really happening? Is this really happening? Mm-hmm. Um, can the Bengals really be doing this? The Titans had a bye week and we, uh, a lot of people gave the Titans, uh, all this, you know, all this advantage. And then the Bengals just came in, they played their game, their quarterback, Joe, what's his face is actually really good. Joe Burrow, yeah. And then, um, you know, Titans never really got the, got going and then boom, Bengals win it with a field goal at the end, which, you know, spoiler alert, well, it seems to be happening a lot. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't watched the game yet, spoiler alert: Darth Vader so, is his father. So, so I, I haven't really been paying attention to football either. It's like one of the things that struck me is that I just kind of thought like the Titans, because they had the bye, were clearly the superior team. But when I actually saw what their record was, I think there was only like one win difference. You know what right. I mean? Not, yeah. Like, well, it was you know, yeah, it was a little bit completely unexpected, right? It it was two. I think it was two wins, but they counted the okay. Raiders' win for the Bengals. That kind of one thing closer. Oh, but okay, that's yeah. It's weird how they when they show the two records, they're like including the playoff game from the week before. So um, yeah, it's it, but but definitely as 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 we've been talking all year, parody about. Yeah. Anybody can beat anybody. But yeah. the so the Titans and traditionally a team that has a week off in the NFL, they do pretty well because they get to heal up. They got Henry back in the backfield. Um he only had I think uh I don't think he had a, a very super He didn't look like himself. No, cuz he's coming back from a pretty pretty tough injury. And um and and then that you got your quarterback who first possess, first play of the first possession 
interception. First yeah. play, I think, of the second half, interception. Last play of the game for him, interception. And that was the game. I mean, he, yeah. he, the, everything else was kind of, you know, kind of balanced in a weird way, but he, he kind of dunked it, you know, he didn't, didn't make it happen. So, you know, that's, uh, uh, but it it was a it was a it was a good game, uh, interesting game. I I mean, but the the, the okay, but the, the takeaway from that game is the Bengals kicker. Yeah. He's a rookie, and now if you've heard him after the game or all this stuff, he is so cocky mm-hmm. and so arrogant. Like like there was one story like when he was he did one last like kick like warm up kick, and he says. Well, guess we're going to the AFC uh, championship game and then ran out there and kicked the field goal. <laughs> and that was a long kick. I think yeah, of all no. those tying I mean yeah. I mean fast forwarding to the Niners win, that had to be a, a harder kick just because of the weather, yeah. but that that um Bengals kicker, he had a long kick to make. Yeah, I mean that no, was impressive. Yeah, he's a rookie and all this, but but the guy is so cocky. I mean his his downfall could be coming, you know, soon. But, uh, but he just, it was, it was, he was like, and then he was interviewed and he said, um, he goes, yeah, I wish those guys were around me with the, those mic'd up guys. So they could have heard me say like, what we need here is an interception or a fumble so we can kick this, so I can kick this game or something, not have a fifth quarter. It was, it was like, it was too, it, it was kind of charming, but then kind of like, Ooh, um, you know, anyway, it was, it was, uh, interesting times for the Bengals. Right. Uh, it didn't take him. It took him what thirty years to win a playoff game. And yeah, it took him a like week. That. It took him a week <laughs> to win, to win the next one. one. I mean, there, there's also a part of it too, where just like, yeah, he's cocky, but you know, this is one of the things I've been telling my kids, like with sports, is just like, yeah, belief and 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 your ability to score a goal, all that stuff, it starts in your head. Yeah, and like you need that confidence, yeah. and if you don't have that confidence, you're you you know you're you're reducing your chances of succeeding by by a lot. So it's great. I love it. That's the way that it should be. I mean, it's the same. Yeah. It's just like that guy has such good confidence. It's like, no, we're going to make this. And yeah, and it, you can see his work ethic and like how he did it. Like there's that video of him like practicing as they're doing the intros. No, yeah. it's just like, this is what I need to do in order to su- succeed. And this is going to happen. You can rely on me. I won't let you down. That's that's what you want. Yeah. And the cold kicker thing is such a. a head case. I mean, not head case, but a, it's a it's tough on the on the psyche because you're sitting around and then you just come into the game for the most pressurized points of the game sometimes um, minus kickoffs and all that crap. But like the field goal kicking is like usually the most stressful point of a game, especially the time running out. Yeah. And I heard something interesting in the post game interview with gold where he was talking about the fraternity of kickers. And he talked. He said he talked to two other kickers who recently played at uh, at the in Green Bay against the the Packers. So, and they gave him tips. So he said, "Look, it's it. W- there's a fraternity among us, and we talk. I mean, as long as you're not playing against the other guy, uh, it's an open dialogue." And I thought that was super interesting. That that he talked to. I forget. I think it was a Vikings kicker. He talked to him and he got some insight from him about kicking there. And, and um, so very, that was interesting, but yeah, it, they, they're definitely a different breed and Gould. Like he's like, he's like, look, I'm only doing this cause I want to win a Super Bowl. I've done everything I need to do and I want to get in the hall of fame. He was like, 
this is, I've not, not, you know, this, this is my goals. Uh, Cause I got kids now and I want to be around my, they're, they're, you know, at the right age, but he goes, this is, this is what I play for. And he was so, he was, he wasn't cocky in, in the, you know, extra, but he was very matter of fact, like a guy who's like a, a self-assured like mountain climber or something. That's the, you know, if you ever seen that movie about that guy who climbed the mountain free, a free, um, with any ropes. Um, yeah. So he was very much like that kind of person. It was pretty, pretty cool. Um, recommend the post game interview with him in the, in the media room was pretty, pretty interesting. All right. Well, you fast forwarded ahead a little bit, but we can a little bit because we were talking about kickers and that, that is very interesting about the fraternity of kickers. Um, do you want to lead us into Niners Packers? Um, we had a, an, another ice bowl on our hands. You know, it, it, yeah, I can, I can, it was, I have to say, you know, I've watched a lot of 49er playoff games. I've been lucky enough. And that's my team. When I first started watching them, they only won two games that season. So um, this game was one of the most exciting games of all the games I've ever watched. And obviously it's different because it's not an offensive game, but it just was, it was a pure football game. It was a battle of, of, of little things, inches, you know, little bits and pieces. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was Mm. the complete opposite of the game on Sunday night. You know, the last game. Do you think it would have been as interesting to you if you didn't have a rooting interest in the game? Maybe not. It kind of looked be, like uh, two teams going nowhere that couldn't score at all. No, but but it the, but it wasn't futility. It was great defense. I mean, at least from the 49ers side, that defense was amazing. They shut down one of the number one receivers in the NFL with one of the with with the MVP quarterback thrown to him. So that wasn't that they had an off day. That's because the 49ers shut them down. They had great strategy that shut them yeah. down. So, so that's different than, than, you know, and if you, if you appreciate defense and I do, like there was that Super Bowl a few years ago with the Patriots Rams and everyone was like, well, this is not, they didn't score enough points. It was a great game because there was a lot of strategy. As long as you have a close game, it's like a one, nothing baseball game, right? Well, the Niners offense didn't look very good either. It, but they, but they did enough to win and they did it when they had to do it where, uh, what's his name? Didn't do it. Rodgers. Rodgers didn't do it because what they when when that game was tied, the 49ers needed to move the ball down to get a field goal, and that and Garoppolo did it. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't. but okay. I let me counter that a little bit. Um, the San Francisco defense scored that touchdown. It was the special teams. Okay. On the block punt. Yeah. No, it wasn't the the block punt. I thought it was a. Oh no, you're, was, you're right. Special yeah, teams. special teams. Yeah. Okay, special teams. It wasn't the offense that did that. Right. Right. So from okay, so I am a Niners fan. My family is not. So their reaction was this game is kind of boring, and our reaction at the end of it because all throughout we're saying God, they're playing so terrible. It's, they're just not going to win. And like if it's going to happen, it's going to be a, a defensive like touchdown or something. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the offense. They did not play well, and that is kind of what happened. Right. It was special teams who did it, and. At the end of the game, all of us were happy, but I think we were also shocked that they won. Oh, yeah. I was shocked. I like, I can't believe they won this game. Like, they didn't play well enough to win the game. Yeah. But, and, and I'm, I'm talking specifically about the offense, but the defense and the special teams, they won that game. That's right. right? They're the ones who made it happen. 
And to me, that is still shocking that that they they were able to progress and they they and they and they they shut Green Bay down. So and I'm assuming that other people feel the same way because I definitely talked to some other people and just say I just can't believe they did it. Right. So that to me was the amazing part of it. It was like a unique game in that sense of like I've never really sort of felt that way while watching a football game. We're just like I just like you know where where you're just shocked that they won um, because they just didn't play well. But then neither did Green Bay. <laughs> well, but see, I think it's the weather. Though. But see, well, I, I don't know if it's the weather or not the weather. I think what it is is that, again, you had shut down defense on both sides. I mean, yeah. the, and, and that to me, I, that's part of the game. And that's what I, I love. So, so uh, yes, the 49ers offense didn't get it going except at one time and he throws an interception, et cetera. And, you know, so there were there were, you know, kind of little spurts and moments there. But I, I believe there were nine or I think 11 punts in the game. And I think there were eight three and outs. Uh, there was a ninth one that was a special one, three and 49ers score a touchdown, right? Because they, they blocked the punt. But I, I, I think this was a true, uh, true old school football game. And what I mean by that is it's very physical. The, the conditions were extremely rough. Like humans, mere humans couldn't play in that kind of game. But these guys, but I think more importantly, in terms of what the 49ers defense did was the first drive, it looked like, oh, here comes Rodgers. He's just going to have that day, right? Yeah. And he marched down the field, boom, seven point. Everyone thought, oh, here we go. All the Packer fans, here we go, here we go. Crickets after that. The only play they got was that long pass when there was a, there was a missed coverage. And, and, then, and then they got the field goal blocked. So on the by the guy who who blew the coverage who who came in and didn't go back he, he bit and he actually blocked the field goal kick which was amazing um so you had that 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 thing that that deep that 49ers defense just kept getting stronger and stronger and when defense gets stronger offenses just they can't they can't find their way or they try things that they shouldn't that they're not tested for um, but I, I was, I, to be honest with you, I, 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 and I'm saying this honestly, not just as a 49er fan, maybe a little bit as a 49er fan, but I was not shocked that they won that game because the, as long as they hang in there and stay within, within a score, um, then they're good. The, the key play that no one really has talked about that I haven't seen too much about was the third down deep in, in the game. And they sacked Rodgers on the third down because, and they made him kick the field goal. Yeah, yeah. because they if took he had, him out of, a, they, or no, they, they still got the field goal. They right? got the field goal, but it was seven three. And if he got a touchdown there, it would have been fourteen three, and then it would have been tough for the Niners to win that game. But that sack was huge, and and they sacked Rodgers I think five times in the game. So uh, the defense, because we're again we're talking, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the MVP quarterback. But Aaron Rodgers is. So the, the Packers defense stopping Garofalo, okay, that's going to happen. But the 49ers defense stopping Aaron Rodgers and their receiver, I'm drawing a blank his name right now, they're not, uh, uh, they're, they're the second. Devontae Adams. Or maybe first Dave Negley here. Devontae Adams. Um, you know, they stopped Dave him or... and cut him down. I'm here. Dave? <laughs> I'm here. It sounded like a pack of wild dogs had joined the podcast. Yeah, they're here too. Sorry, they're it's uh, you know. Are you on a, a sle- are you on an Iditarod sled? Or yeah, the Browns game. 
<laughs> yeah. Pro baseball. I'm here. Daver. Dave Negley here. Sorry Welcome about back. That. Thank you. Sorry oh my god. Late. That video that Ke- Oh my god, that video that Kevin sent. That reminds that should have gone into one of our Kevin, that video you sent should have gone into one of our um the perils of sports fandom <laughs> discussions. Uh, we've all been there and it's not funny, but it's the result uh, was funny. Yeah, yeah, I know. I tried to stop kicking things, but <laughs> I actually have. I haven't kicked anything in quite a while. Me too. Yeah. I haven't. No, I take it back. I've kicked things. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Did I kick anything at the Giants Dodgers game there in Game Five? Somebody kicked you. Someone hit me. Yeah, that was a. Uh, I got them ejected though. That was fine. But Dave, um, oh, he's you, in. Do you want to weigh in on um, on Bengals Titans before we move on, or Niners Packers? Um, no, no. I I think we've we probably you guys have probably covered it brilliantly, which I I expect nothing less. And uh, um, I'm you know I'm ready to start looking ahead if that's if that's okay. where the convo's heading. Well, chronologically, the next game was Sunday morning's game, Rams at Buccaneers that was an interesting one the Rams were out to a massive lead and then Brady and the boys turned it on tied it up um, used all three timeouts to tie it up but left too much time on the clock and then the Rams were able to start calling timeouts and they got uh, a last minute field goal to win the game Uh, Dave you watched this with our friend Dave Binder. How was the mood over Oh, the God. We had so much fun. We had the best time. Me and Binder and Kingston were all watching the game. Um, we watched the whole game. We ordered tacos at halftime. Uh, and we were excited. Binder had his Rams swag rolling. I felt like I was kind of part of Rams Nation there for a minute. And, um, you know, just to slay the dragon, the big Brady dragon, that was really fun to do. And... Uh, we didn't have to wait for overtime. We were like, oh, shit, we're going to have to wait for overtime now. And they, they won it in regulation. And it was really, really great. Um, and it kind of made me wonder, and this whole weekend kind of made me wonder, like, what it's, what it's like to have a team that kind of does, like, clutch things, you know? Like, uh, um, you know, like Kansas City. Like, what it would be like to be a Kansas City fan right now where you're just kind of like, I know we're going to win. Cause we win, like we do that. Like that's kind of the, that's sort of our deal, mm. you know. It'd be kind of interesting to be, would be in nice. a fan base like that, you know. Yeah, well, h- hello, where you're used hello. to that. 49ers, Why, Kevin? Baby. What are you? Well, the 49ers are <laughs> that. I mean, they're one of the best. They're, they've been playing. They're nine and two over the last eleven games. Right. No, I. But I. I was thinking in a bigger, like a more like like franchise. Like this yeah, is yeah. a team. I, you know. I got five and the Super Niners Bowls. too. I guess you I got, know they've I got, got five. A lot of I got five success. Super Bowls. I got uh, a lot of wins. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make got, me come I, up there, I dude. I'll a, come up I there. A, I even got a decade. I'll come up and <laughs> stab you with my lightning bolt. Okay. So <laughs> your just, horns. Don't bring your horn. Don't don't but but I'll, you can stab me. I can't the say that I'm a Rams fan because oh, okay. I'm not really. Good. But it was fun to root for them yeah. and and I'll just because we're in weekend. LA. Will you really be Ross? Yeah. It, when really? in doubt, when in doubt, yeah, I'll root for the team in the town that I live in. Okay, unless there's some like pre pre existing reason not to. Hmm. Okay. 
Um, I mean, well, cool, I'm going right, to have a home team I, in the Super Bowl. I wrote for the home team that has the, the home team is the, the team that has the most percentage of fans in the stands. And the right. 49 fans are going to be about 75%, yeah. at least 60 on Sunday. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a neutral, and, neutral and, site. No, not neutral. No, 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 no. The, the Rams had to use a silent count on that last game of the year at home because they couldn't hear themselves with the 49er fans. The Rams then did that, that bonehead thing about saying, oh, we're not going to sell tickets to anyone outside the area. Backfire. Here they come. Because now 49er fans are like, you know what? We're all going to go there. Yeah, no, and, that backfired. Yeah. And, well, can I throw something out at you, Kev, you may not want to hear? Yeah. Is that uh, and a lot of 49er fans, not you, of course, but a lot of 49er fans are, are really aggressive and violent. And, and they come into, even at, you know, they, they come in and, and they start fights. And, and they're, it's, not like, it's not like the Giants fans that are. No, they're similar, you know, they're similar, no, to, the, they're similar to Dodger fans. I'll, I agree with you on that. They're very yeah, similar they're, to Dodger fans. That's so baseball. Sorry hey, about that. I don't know what happened. I guess uh, the link just crashed. We were just having to, the, when the content gets too hot, then <laughs> it overheats. Yeah. The internet, well, hopefully I'll have a... I'm back. Yeah. There yeah. he is. I, had to get I need to restart my modem. Are you Did you ever car? get a chance to restart your modem? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Kevin, yeah. we all watched that video box. you sent. That was hilarious. Oh, yeah. It was pretty... <laughs> Pretty crazy. We no, but right. anyway, it, it's uh, you know just to to wrap up, it's going to be a great game, Niners Rams. I mean, a um, couple things. This one, couple last little tidbits. Super interesting. Um, this will be the Niners' twelfth road game of the year, which I don't yeah. think any team has ever played twelve road games before. Because they they had seventeen games this year, and nine of the Niners' games were on the road. So. Um, I see. So because they played two playoff games already and they're playing a third and they're all on the road. Correct. And yeah. they played nine regular season games. This will be yeah. the, the most. And then, of course, if they make the Super Bowl, that will be, quote, on the road. Correct. Um, yeah. And and uh, one t- only one team has won more road games. Uh, if, if the Niners win this this weekend, they'll be their ninth win on the road. Um and the uh, the giant there's a Giants team I think that went all on the road that won you know like eight you know whatever seven or eight regular season games or maybe less than that um, and then they won a, the playoff game so yeah it's interesting though okay well moving along to the most exciting football football game potentially in our lifetimes we had the Buffalo Bills coming into Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. And what we all predicted would be a shootout was, in fact, a very high-scoring, exciting game that ended with one of the most bizarre 13 seconds in all of modern sports. Daber? Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I, uh, um, it was exciting. It was fun. Uh, and I didn't like how it ultimately ended, and that was a kind of a bummer. But, you, yeah, I mean – you got to give those Chiefs credit, man. I mean, they just, boy, 13 seconds left and you somehow get in field goal range. I mean, how much time is not enough time? You know, what's not enough time for these guys? You know, it's, it was plenty of time. They it's had lots madness. of time out. It's insane, Kev. No, it's not. This is the, this is the new NFL. This is arena football. 
I don't like uh, it. I liked when I, it was two minutes and the game was it. That was it. Game yeah. over. <laughs> exactly. No, that that was that was the way it was. It's a different game. I mean, uh, now the the big question is to squib kick or not to squib kick, right? Because right. if you could have taken some of that time away on the kickoff, then you would have limited what they could do. Right, but you kind of traded their first play for the squib kick. You're I right, think, you know? you're right. Yeah, the squib kick would have put the ball possibly the 40 or, or thereabouts. So well, could no, have, if a squib unless kick they did a really good kick, squib you, you, kick. Yeah, exactly. It's tricky not on – because that, that's natural gas, grass there, right? Yep. Right. Yeah, so it is, it's tricky because uh, the squib kick be, became a thing in the 80s thanks to Bill Walsh on AstroTurf. Yeah. I mean, I think if it's 10 seconds, you do a, you do the squib kick. Cause then it's like, you leave them one play, you know? Yeah. And yeah. that's, and even on the 40, that's not going to, you know, your Hail Mary territory there, but they, they got three plays out of it. You know, they got two 20 yard completions in a, in a long field goal. I mean, that's, yeah. And, and then that's that, then that was even the end of the game. Then there was overtime and, and, yeah. and the thing, but, but do you try to at least kick it, to where they have to return it, you know, that that's, there's a bit of a, a strategy yeah. there, you know? Um, yeah. Out of the end zone seemed like the worst of the three options, but yeah. you know, I think at that point they were, they were just like, we got this. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they saw that coming. I don't, I don't well, think no. they saw that coming. I, I, did, I, I did. I saw it coming because I saw they had all their timeouts. If they had no timeouts, then I would say, no, there's no way with the 13 seconds. But right. having all those timeouts opens up the whole field because you don't have to worry about getting out of bounds. You just throw it right. down. The, you can throw it down the middle, which they actually did. Yeah. And, and that was the thing. I think I even texted you guys. I go, lots of time here. And I wasn't kidding because, because they had the timeouts. <laughs> so well, you called right. it. I, I, I was pretty confident that the Bills were going to win until I saw them congratulating themselves on the side. Oh, no. <laughs> but they did it. But they did that twice. It's they did like, that twice. This is unbelievable. It's just like never in, in, in any playoff game that I've ever watched where a team congratulates themselves before the end of the game where that has turned out correctly. It happened with the freaking yeah. like SF Giants in like, two, what is it, 2006? Or I forget, forget which year. Where they, they were congratulating themselves and the game fucking wasn't over. It's just like, don't do that. It's just like, why yeah. do you do that? And, and and that's what happened. 13 seconds, they freaking tie the game yeah. and end up winning it. Guys, yeah. come on, man. Yeah, that was stupid. Ugh. It's bad, man. It's bad. Remember well, that I don't game like where they when, poured the Kool-Aid, yeah. they they poured the Gatorade on the coach and then they ended up losing and the, <laughs> the coach is covered in orange Gatorade and he has to give an interview that he lost. <laughs> that's so that's bad. Suicide. That's suicide. So that's, that's basically just kill yourself at that point. <laughs> that, just, I'd, be, I'd be devastated. Yeah. Is Ab not on here? <laughs> I haven't heard him yet. I don't know. Ab is Ab called in briefly earlier and he's going to do a, a standalone episode later in the week if you if you care to join but um oh, okay. he called in and he said should have done a squib kick and oh, I, agree. Did, okay. I didn't hear that i couldn't hear oh because oh. yeah kevin couldn't hear ab and we right. had some audio issues i think we're going to be switching to a new platform obviously our, our listeners are going to be riveted by this but we're going right. to be switching to something called zencaster okay, oh, okay. so um be ready for for us to be stopping using this anchor system uh, in, in maybe in the next two or three weeks. Okay, but, uh, that sounds good. We go into overtime. Um, yeah. 
as I as I said last week, Mahomes is the most exciting player in the NFL, and he just dazzled once again in the overtime, uh, leading to a pass to uh, Travis Kelsey Kels uh, in the end zone, ending the overtime. Uh, Bills did not get a chance to touch the ball. Is the overtime rules fair, Sasha? Go ahead. Uh, no, they they need to change that. Come on. That was such a it, – it was such a, a – it was not a great way to end the game. Like, they – he should have – Buffalo quarterback should have had a chance to freaking – to at least tie the game. Like, I just don't understand that. Because – so, the original intent of this was was just to make sure that the game wouldn't go, go on so long. But in the playoffs, they need to adjust it. They just – you can't have – essentially, the game was decided by a freaking coin toss. Let's be honest here. And that's just not a great way of, of doing it. I just don't agree with that. It's not fair. Well, yes and no, because, I mean, theoretically, the original change was take, you know, originally it was like a field goal wins the game. And then they're like, no, okay, a touchdown. You have to score or, you know. But the defense has to own some of this. Like, you know, if you can't stop them and they, you know, yes, it sucks that, Josh Allen got the short end of it, but if they had held him to a field goal, he'd have got back out there. You know, they just – there was so, no chance. So here, here's my big question, and I don't, I don't know if anyone else has discussed this. I haven't seen it anywhere else. If you kick an onside kick to start overtime and you get the ball and you kick a yeah. field goal, you win the game. Really? I believe that's the rule. I think, I think that about, is the rule. I think yeah, you're I talking think about changing it, but I believe that is the rule. And I know that's a, that's a ballsy kind of, I mean, there are two things there. I mean, obviously they made a mistake on the squib kick. I, in my opinion, I, I just think you need to, or at least short kick, make them run the ball back. Something. Time yeah. Off the clock. Yeah. Um, and because think about in those terms, like if you, if you can't stop Mahomes, you ain't going to stop him on a 40, 60 yard drive or a, 70 yard drive. If you go just try and get the ball, if you get the ball, then you could win the game. Yeah. Right. I mean, cause take that to its logical end. Right. So let's say Mahomes goes down, scores a touchdown. Bills get the ball back. No ball back. It was touchdown. If they kick a field goal, they get the ball back. Well, no, I'm saying let's say they change the rule. Oh, let's say right. they change the rule and they had, so Mahomes gets a TD. Then Buffalo goes down. Then they get a TD. So now it's tied again. Then what now does, do they both get another chance? Like where does it end? Yeah, at some well, that, point, that's somebody's got to do something that, that that's wins. That's what college football. Will college yeah. football change their rules because they? I think now don't they? Aren't they forced to go for a two point conversion after a certain point? So it makes it even yeah. more harder. In to, triple in triple OT in college, you then yeah. have to start going for two. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess here's what I would say. Here's my my take on it. I think is. What what if they just in in the in the playoffs only? What if they played a ten minute quarter or another fifteen minute quarter, and you play it to the zero? That would be great. I and, like that. I and like it's, that a so lot. it's kind of like I think you know I think then it gives it gives everyone a chance to to stra- it gives more strategy. Yeah. Um, you know you 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 have your chances. I think actually thinks it makes it more exciting. Um, but, and then what if it's tied after that? We well, just keep going in the playoffs. Yeah. Another just another 10, 15 yeah, minutes? Another 10 minutes. Yeah. 
<laughs> no penalty like kicks. No, no I like shootout it. like in soccer. Yeah. No penalty good. kicks, but just with field goals. But you yeah. have to have other players take field goals besides just the kicker. Oh, how about punt, pass, and kick? They can do that. Just like the kids in the halftime. Or what about like a, you know, a sudden death, like at first you're at the 30, then the 35, then the 40, you know, so you're just back. Oh yeah. Keep moving them back. But yeah, no, no, that's the way to do it. I I say, I say you just have, you, you've given a, 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 and then maybe after the 10 minutes, then maybe you go to the, okay, now we're going to go into the old school overtime rules, you know, but, but the, and and it would be nice. It would be nice if, if at the end of regulation that, everybody who was rooting for a team wasn't like gripping that their team is going to lose the coin flip and be done. You know, yeah. it would be nice if you could go in and go, okay, shit, we might lose it, but at least like there's going to be some more game happening. Not like Mahomes is going to go down, score a touchdown and we can all go home. You know, that would be nice. I agree with you that the coin flip is way too important of a, of an event. Right. That shouldn't, you know, Still have a coin flip, but I like your idea, Kev. Play 15 minutes, you know? Yeah. And just see what happens. But well, I mean, and also, Dave, okay. to your point, is like that, that second of the two plays in regulation, they, they, they blitz Mahomes. That was a freaking mistake. Yeah. They should not have done that. Right. Just like, yeah. They blew it. They, they blew, they blew that. it. That was, that was the wrong call. Well, okay. I, I, here's, here's the statistics teams who have won in playoff games. Teams who have won the coin toss have won 10 of the 11 playoff games yeah. since these rules have been enforced. So the coin flip is deciding it, which means it needs to be changed. Yes. Okay. Yeah, right. Yep. That's a good But point. let's talk about the game itself. Let's get back. I mean, what a game. I mean, what a I, game. Think, I think, pe- so like I, I texted, I think, to you guys um, during the game or right after the game. I, to me, it's the greatest game since Chargers, Dolphins, in 19 uh january 1982 playoff game uh that game went overtime chargers won 41 to 38 i remember that i remember watching that game it was just a crazy crazy game they they had to carry kellen winslow off the field he was just he was just at the end he was just so exhausted um one of the one of the i think one of the greatest games uh ever um and this one matched it because uh you had that you know, what happened in the last few minutes? I mean, I, I even lost track. Were there four touchdowns in the last three minutes or was it three? I don't, I don't even know. It was just like, you know, you looked away and all of a sudden, holy crap, there's another touchdown. So pretty. Uh, yeah, pretty that was amazing. That was pretty great to be a witness to that one. Well, and, and uh, it, was it, was fun. Also, it was also great because Josh Allen and Mahomes, like they're so similar in their approach to the game. It's just like, yeah, you know, I think I said it on in, in, when we were texting. It's like he's a carbon copy. It's just like unbelievable, right? Because and that's why it was so compelling because it's just like those quarterbacks took over the game. It's like, yeah, they were in control. And it was just really impressive to see. It's just like, oh, yeah, I don't have any receivers or running back. I'll just run for 11 yards. Yeah. First touchdown. And I think Allen Mahomes is bigger, season. right? Allen he is might be a little bigger. Little bigger. Yeah. yeah, maybe. He looks like a bigger guy. Like Mahomes yeah. is kind of normal well, size. He's got he's got baseball skills though, Mahomes. So he's, uh, I mean, that's... I believe me. I I think both of them are incredible, and yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, Mahomes has been doing it longer, as far as I know. But um, but yeah, Allen. You know what a what a talent. Yeah, yeah. a great yeah. game. A great just a just a great game. And, yeah, shame and... that somebody had to lose it, but you know, there yeah. you go. And and so I I just think. 
Do we want to look to next week? And... Yeah, let's give our picks. So, so, so before we do, oh, I yeah. also, can I make an observation that that also Alan, if you saw him on the sidelines, and I, I kind of noticed this because I also meditate too, that guy was in the zone. Like he wasn't paying attention to anything. He was looking just straight ahead, just meditating. He didn't have control over the game. It was really great to just see him on the sidelines as as the Chiefs were like marching down. You know what I mean? He just like, yeah. the, you know, he probably would have had to go out there. It's like, and so you could just tell, he's like, I'm not going to let emotion get to me because if we lose, if we lose, but I may have to go out there. It was really impressive to kind of just see him just like stare straight ahead. I completely agree. That was amazing. Was the, he, he was in the zone and Mahomes had his own little routine where he would put on the jacket and go sit on that bench at the far back area of the sideline and just sort of talk to one person or not talk to anybody, not, not be standing up and like worrying about what the defense was doing. Just wait till his turn. You know, I don't think he necessarily is meditating, but um, he, he definitely has a good way to keep himself focused in the game. Yeah. It was great. Anyway. Okay. So we won't, we won't revisit last week's predictions because I won't do that to you guys. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I had a good week. Um, and it was pure luck. So, but this week will be a little bit more of an, an informed pick. So, I'm going to say Rams and Chiefs are my picks for next week. Who okay. wants to go next? Uh, I'm going to go uh, Bengals Niners. Oh. Not because that's what I want to happen, but I, I think that's what will happen. The road teams going with the road, the road teams. teams. Two road teams. Sasha. I mean, I'm obviously not very good at it. I freaking owned four last week. (laughs) This could be your week. I'm going to pull a George Costanza. I'm just going to do the exact opposite of what I think it's going to happen. So I'm going to pick Bengals uh, Niners. (laughs) Nice. Welcome. Welcome. All right, so you and Dave are in line with the same yeah. picks. Okay, Kevin. Yeah, I'm. 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 That's what I'm leaning towards too. I mean, obviously, I'm going with the Niners. I think they they beat the Rams six straight times. Yeah. I think. Uh, and Ross, you and I talked a little bit about this, but you got to remember those two guys, the coaches, McVay and um, Shanahan. They go back. They were on the same. I think on the Redskins coaching together, and. I think Shanahan has his like ticket. Like he knows something about him. Um, it's also interesting too, that Shanahan has beat the Packers uh, in key moments. Cause he also used to coach with their coach. Um, so there's a little something, something there too. So um, I'm going Niners. Now the tough one is this other one. So there's two, there's two school of thoughts there as a Niner fan, right? Like Bengals, it would be the 40th anniversary of the 49ers first Super Bowl exactly, you know, 40 years ago, they played in Silverdome against the Bengals. Um, or it could be a rematch of two years ago and go back against the Chiefs. So I'm a little, uh, I kind of don't want to see the Chiefs, but I'm going to have to say Niners Chiefs because I, okay. I just think, um, although I, I prefer if the Bengals win, but there you go. And just to refute one thing you said, and I'm not saying there's no merit to it because obviously there is Um, teams have systems and teams have uh, ways that they look at things and and approach an opponent, but all of these teams have 
video film of every game they've played against the other team and every game the other team's ever played. So they can do their homework, whether you coached with this guy or whether you went to dinner with this guy or, you know, like, um, yeah, but there's something about when you know someone and you know, their tendencies and you know, their ticks and you know, in this particular situation where you can kind of know something, anticipate what play or what they'll put in there. That's what okay. I'm talking How about. many fingers am I holding up? Three. <laughs> Wrong. It was one. All right, there you go. I don't it's know. It's kind of like well. in uh, Princess Bride when they're he's trying to decide which cup of you know has the poison in it. You know. Yep. You just you have you go. Well, I know he thinks this is good, so he's actually going to do that. But then yeah. he knows that I'm going to think that he would do that. So then he goes back the other way. So it's you know it's like at what point do you stop trying to outthink yourself? Well, I, I just I just think that it's just based on what we've seen that it seems like. Shanahan has his ticket and and we'll see what happens this weekend uh, I think also the 49ers as a team match up very well against the Rams like like um, they're they're matching uh, the you know we'll we'll see what happens it, it, again, better put somebody on game. Cooper Cup this time this time <laughs> well, I, well what, but what I'm saying too is that they shut down Rodgers and the number one or number two receiver probably number two to, to Cup last week and so Stoddard is not Rodgers. Cooper Cup is definitely, I think, the best receiver in the league. But yeah. I think I – th- and they're also getting Thomas back, I believe, their cornerback. And the so, Niners aren't going to have the weather to help them out this time. The, the, weather, the weather was not helping the Niners. I mean, Niners are coming from Santa Clara, which they have to – they don't play any day games in September because it's too hot. <laughs> I'm just saying, the sunny L.A. this Sunday – um, the Niners are going to have to be facing an aerial threat that they did right. not have to deal with in Green Bay due to the snow, sleet, wind, all that. Right, crap. but that's the weather the Niners usually play in. So, and their 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 defense is super solid. So, it's um, okay. It, it's well, it's it, going to be a a star-studded crowd. There's going to be celebrities top to bottom. Everyone from Jerry O'Connell to John Tesh <laughs> will be there. <laughs> And it's going to be awesome. Mary Hart. No, Mary Hart's Dodgers. She's a Dodger. She'll be there. I I believe in the 49ers defense. Let me put it this way. It's just like they're they're past the last couple games. So that's what I think is just like going to determine that. They're just really, really great. And they deserve the win more so than any other aspect of that team. So we'll see. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, it's hot right now. Either way, I think it's going to be a great game. And I think. I think that will be, um, you know, that's. I think that will be a great game, and the Chiefs, Bengals, hopefully, will be. But it does have the possibility that Mahomes could just blow them out, and it would be, you know. I I don't. I mean, I think Joe Burrow, though. I think that guy has, you know, like the kicker. He's not as cocky as the kicker, but he's not that far behind him, you know. Yeah. Um, for the Bengals, I, I do like I, the Bengals. I'm not yeah. going to be rooting against them. I like the Bengals. Yeah. No, I yeah, like I them. I I want them to win. I'm just saying that you know if they go in there and kind of look out of place, it could go bad really quick. I well, no, I think with Joe Burrow, I think I don't think they're going to be out. Of, the guy is too too confident um, to be to be out of it. He's not going to be 
He's not going to get uh, – I don't think he'll get flustered. Let's put it that way. He's got something. He, that guy is he's a special quarterback. I, he's young, but he's, there's something about him, I think, that, um, uh, that we'll see. And we have seen the last two weeks. So um, he's, it's, it's not a fluke that he has, he's played two playoff games and won two playoff games. Nice. All right. Very well, good. thank you all for your picks. Uh, as I send us on our merry way here, um, just a few programming notes. Um, as we pod on Tuesday, January 25th, we are only two hours and some from tip off in Arizona versus the mighty UCLA Bruins at Poly Pavilion. Uh, we've got the number three ranked team in the country, Arizona, coming in to take on the number nine ranked Bruins in what will be a Pac 12 matchup for the ages, a season-defining challenge for UCLA. And fast-forwarding a little bit ahead in the week, we've got the, Domin- the Dominican uh, team, the, the Dominican Republic playing host to the Caribbean series, which will feature Puerto Rico, Panama, Colombia, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, and Mexico. And that will all be on ESPN as well starting at 6 a.m. this Friday, I believe. So, um, so, Siri del Caribe, this weekend and into next week, it's going to be fun with the final to be played on February 3rd. Um, so, you know, pick, pick your favorite squad and watch some Caribbean baseball. That sounds great. Yeah. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. notes. ESPN, 8 p.m. tonight. UCLA Bruins. It's a make it or break it game for the UCLA, you know, uh, aspirations to a number one seed in the in the March Madness tournament. Getting close. I will be watching. I will be watching. The nation will be watching, and I will be watching with you. So thank you all for joining, and thank you all for your time as always, and good luck to you and all your pursuits. Thank you, Ross. Thanks for uh, being the best producer in town i love you and i'll, I'll talk to you uh, right soon. back at you brother all right okay yeah. bye kid, everyone i would say the kid stays in the picture but it's a podcast the kid stays in the podcast <laughs> <laughs>